We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue on a Tuesday night. It's time to talk Sooner football. For the next two hours, we're talking Oklahoma football as we get set for the Big 12 championship game coming up on Saturday morning down in Arlington. It'll be OU and Baylor kickoff just after 11 a.m. In the next hour, special guest going to join us tonight, Benny Wiley. OU strength and conditioning coach will be alongside it's going to be a fascinating hour. I think you're going to love getting to know Benny Wiley. Lincoln Riley will be calling in from the road. We'll talk to him for a while, but that's on down the line. Right now, please welcome the Bet- Butkus and Bednarik Award winner, the best color analyst in all of college football, Teddy Lehman, everybody. T. Rowe. Fist bump. How are we doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really excited about this week. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. feel great. I'm excited, ready for these rankings to come out, ready to see what this uh, weekend's going to hold. It's going to be fun. There's some good championship games. Happy to be a part of it. And I'll say this, I'm glad we're going into it playing some good football. Best football of the year, don't you think? I think so. They look great. I mean, both sides of the ball, you know, all the way around, start to finish, pretty good football game from Oklahoma. 34-16, the Sooners beat the Cowboys on Saturday up in Stillwater. We're going to talk about that. Teddy mentioned the college football playoff rankings. We're keeping an eye on that as well. During this hour, they will be coming out, so we'll react to the rankings a little bit later on. Where's Oklahoma going to be? What's your prediction? Boy, I mean, it's. Uh, I feel like they're going to still be behind Utah, but I know there's going to be panic out there. Like, what are we going to do now? We're going to break Twitter with everyone firing off those hot takes, but I think it's really close. And I think a win over Baylor in the Big 12 championship is enough. I think that will get Oklahoma in. So you're predicting Utah 5, OU 6, yeah. Baylor and you know, 7. I, it wouldn't shock me if they jumped Oklahoma over Utah right now. I think the road win against a ranked Oklahoma State team was obviously better than what Utah did against mm-hmm. Colorado. But, you know, who knows at this point? Um, I, I think it's really tight and definitely – a win over Baylor is enough, but maybe the win against Oklahoma State was as, as good as they looked. Well, we'll all know here in about a half hour or so, and we'll talk about that coming up in a bit. First things first, though, what a night it was Saturday night in Stillwater as the Sooners handed the Cowboys a 34-16 to defeat. Offensive side of the ball, it's been the same formula the last two and a half games or so, Teddy. Yep. Run the football, grind the clock, 10-plus play drives. And they stack those up again on Saturday. I love it. I think it's fantastic. I think it helps out our defense. 
uh, it wears the other team down. You just you just grind them into a pulp. And as big and physical as our offensive line is, you know, it just wears on you. We what we run the ball 44 times, I believe, against Oklahoma State, over 70 percent. And you start to add up how many times we've run it, starting with the second half against Baylor. Uh, 64 times against TCU and then 44 against Oklahoma State. Just fantastic stuff. I love where we're at right now. I think our offensive line is hitting their stride at the perfect time. Well, let's talk about Jalen Hurts' night. 13 of 16 passing. He only put it, put it in the air 16 times. 163 yards passing and a touchdown. He ran the ball 16 times for 61 yards and a touchdown. And he had his first touchdown reception of the season, of his career becomes only the second Sooner quarterback to throw, run, and catch a touchdown in the same game, uh, joining Tommy McDonald, the same Sooner player to do that. What a night for Jalen once again. you telling me Mike Gundy was right? He's a one-man show? He's a one-man show, All you got to do is stop Jalen Hurts, and you can stop Oklahoma. Easier said than done. Look at this. Great play design down in the tight red zone near the goal line. Uh, I like that Lincoln Riley trusts his players to make plays like what this. You know, Yeah, I mean, you, you're at risk of taking a big negative yardage play, but instead you get a beautiful ball from Basquin right there doing the Dak Prescott as he goes to the sideline. Pretty cool stuff, man. I, You know, I think Jalen Hurts has been fantastic. He's been great in the running game. He's been great in the passing game. He's a great leader on this team. And when he and this offense take care of the football, they're pretty much an unstoppable team. Total touchdowns in a season. Jalen Hurts now at 50. The all-time OU record, 55 by Sam Bradford back in 2008. Kyler last year had 54. Hurts has at least two more games. I like his chances. No, I do too. Yeah, uh, touchdowns against Baylor are going to be difficult to come by. I think this could be a low-scoring football game. But, yeah, you've got at least two more. Who knows? Uh, maybe playing 15 football games if things go right this year. So, yeah, I think he's he's going to be right there knocking on the door, maybe uh, knock off a couple of Heisman Trophy winners. Let's talk about Kennedy Brooks now. Big night on the ground. He wins the rushing battle against Chuba Hubbard. Kennedy Brooks, 22 carries, 160 yards and a touchdown, and he seems to get stronger and stronger as the year goes on. Well, he's, he's running the football right now as a feature back when everyone else's legs are gone and the season's worn down on him, he's just now starting to hit his stride. Carried the ball about 10 times a game uh, this season until this this real stretch run, and Trey Sermon going down is clearly a big factor in that. But now getting up over 20 carries a game where we've got this dedication to the running game, I think it's fantastic. I love it. And, you know, he's got some really good vision, really good balance. I think he runs heavy. And what I mean by that is, you know, as far as height and weight, he's not a huge back, but he's hard to bring down one-on-one. He's able to just step through and run through tackles. So uh, really good stuff from Kennedy. He's he's hitting his stride right at the perfect time. And I think it has to do a lot with that offensive line as well. You know, I mentioned um, this offensive line is, is starting to hit their stride. They're healthier, I think, and they found some right rotational pieces in there. And uh, it's, it's the running game right now. Uh, whether it's Kennedy Brooks, Jalen Hurts, or the offensive line, you know, you can you can throw a ton of credit out there to all those guys, but it's clicking and it's working right now. Take a look at what the OU running game has done the last four games, okay? We're going back to the Iowa State game, 226 yards in that game, three touchdowns <laughs> against Baylor. They ran for 228 and they carried it 52 times. 366 yards on 64 rushes against TCU. 283 against the Cowboys. That's over 1,100 yards rushing in the last four games, Teddy. This is a wishbone team, (laughs) T-Row. I mean, come on. Look at those rushing numbers. Huge. No, I mean, this this is fantastic. And, you know, I think there's something about that. Whenever you beat a team... And you run for 366 or 228 or 41 for, for 226. I mean, those numbers, you physically beat a team. Yeah. You don't just whip them on the scoreboard. You physically pound them, and they feel it uh, as they're walking off the field. And that's what I really like about this team. This is a physical tough group and, again, hitting their stride at the right time. It's a lot of Kennedy Brooks. It's a lot of Jalen Hurts. It's a lot of that offensive line. 
It's a lot of Jeremiah Hall and Braden Willis up yeah. there, too. No, I agree. Blocking in the uh, and, and receivers downfield, everybody involved in that. One of the unsung stars for this team this year for Oklahoma has been their kicker, Gabe Burkich. Burkich now, the only kicker left in America that hasn't missed a field goal or an extra point. He had two more field goals on Saturday. and Windy night. It was a tough night to kick up in Stillwater. It was. I mean, it was weird. We couldn't figure it out. We're sitting there looking at all the different flags that are going all different ways, and it's blowing like 30 or 40 miles an hour, but it you know, it's at his back, but it's acting like it's in his face. It was a weird night, but this kid is super confident. He's got a big leg. He started the year on the bench. I know it's crazy, and he just steps up there and rips this thing. He's in a really good place right now. He's got a ton of confidence. I love I love watching him kick, and that's saying something for me. I'm, You know me, T-Row, not a big fan of kickers, but this kid's fun. All right, let's talk about the defense. The Oklahoma defense had its work cut out for him on Saturday, dealing with Chuba Hubbard and still a high-powered Oklahoma State offense, despite the loss of Spencer Sanders and Tylen Wallace. They'd been playing good ball coming in, held them to 16 points, the lowest scoring output of the year for Oklahoma State. What would you think about how the, OS, the OU defense played? I thought they were really good. I thought they were impressive. You know, uh, with what they did against the run, you know, Chuba Hubbard needed, I think, 168-ish or 162, somewhere in the 160s to break the 2,000 mark. Uh, that's a big number. That's a big milestone to hit in your career. And I think it was a point of emphasis for Oklahoma not let him get there. And, uh, you know, they were going to feature him a ton, Oklahoma state was and we did a good job i think we held him to 25 yards on nine carries in the second half which is fantastic uh you know we gave up that opening touchdown and after that played about 55 minutes of touchdown free football uh, on the defensive side forced turnovers got after the quarterback you know i again you know talking about the offensive line and the running game hitting the stride at the right time i think this defense is hitting the stride at the right time too last four games the final defensive play of the game as Alex Grinch pointed out has been a turnover and I think that fuels this team for the next game so really good stuff defensively a lot of guys played well on that side of the ball none better than Parnell Motley who might have had one of the best games for an OU defensive back in years I mean you might have to go way back to find a guy who had a better game than this he stripped the ball there and recovered the fumble he came up, of course, with the interception that sealed the game, and he should have had another, in my humble opinion, in the course of the game as well. In addition to that, Teddy, he looked firmly in control whenever they took deep shots against him. He was the guy that had the better shot at it more often than not. No, he did. He, he was in good position on, on the coverage stuff. He made some great productive plays. You know, one of the things about playing defensive back is you can have a great game, and we don't hear from you the entire night, right? That means you're locking down your responsibility. They're throwing the ball elsewhere. And I think his coverage was sound, but he still made his, his presence felt. There he is in perfect position on a, a, a go ball down the sideline. And, you know, the production – in the turnovers, man, he's just – he's the guy right now for them. He's got a real nice knack for, for punching the ball out, ripping it out, and recovering. Uh, here he is going up and making an interception on a competitive ball. Someone – Please explain to me how you can review the other interception and overturn the call on the field. I, amazing to me, he was robbed of another interception there. And what I think is, is bad about that, and you can combine that with the, uh, the phantom terrible holding call at the end of the game. You know, we're talking about a beauty contest right now between Oklahoma and Utah. And, you know, if we get that extra touchdown at the end or that turnover from uh, Parnell Motley that was overturned on the field, you know, who knows what the final score is in this game. And, you know, let's be honest. It's like I said, it's a beauty contest. We needed those those points. Brendan Radley, Hiles, big night as well. Maybe his best game of the season. He didn't come up with a turnover, but he had 10 tackles, uh, forced a fumble, and seemed to be right in the middle of everything. Another hard hit there mm -hmm. on the sidelines. Proud of this kid, you know, uh, put in – 
what I would say is almost an impossible position with some of the expectations before before he even stepped on uh, the football field here as a true freshman. And he's battled. You know, he's had some ups and downs, but he's continued to fight. He's continued to improve. What was at once a liability on this team a year ago has turned into a real asset. Um, so, I mean, can't say enough about Buki right there. Good job using the sideline, uh, forcing them to have to go punch it in the end zone and they couldn't turn it into a field goal. So nice play there. He's, you know, can't say enough about the kid. Continue to fight, continue to get better, continue to do everything that the coach has asked of him, which sometimes isn't easy. So uh, proud of Buki for, for stepping up his play. These are the defensive numbers the last three games, and they are good. I think an even more impressive, you know, stat, though, is if you look at just what they've done in the second halves, of these games mm-hmm. and even more impressive is what they've done in the fourth quarter of these games they have dominated time of possession they've given up a total of 73 yards in the fourth quarter of the last three games combined and they've come up with uh, turnovers in clutch situations well yeah you look at this um this is the best that defense has played all season, uh, starting that second half of the Baylor game, and there's a direct correlation with how much we have run the football on offense and how much we have controlled the clock on offense and uh, how many snaps we've run on offense. As those numbers have gone up, we've controlled the clock, controlled the ball. Our defense has played better and better and better. That's complimentary football. And uh, I think it says a whole lot about the, the, the frame that Oklahoma's in right now. They look good. Let's take a look now at our AAA drive of the game brought to you by AAA Insurance at home or on the road. We've got you covered. We pick it up first half, third drive of the game. Sooners leading the game 10-7. to 7. And this will start late first quarter and end in the second quarter. Long run here by Kennedy Brooks over the left side. Yeah, the running game was going good and going good early. And we, we continue to dial into it more and more. A little stutter and go there at the top of the screen and uh, able to hit it in behind. Oh, he wanted <laughs> he that. He was mad at himself. Lee he Morris. wanted that. Should have been a touchdown. He knew it. But uh, you don't get many opportunities whenever they throw you the ball and you could have scored. You better do it because someone else is going to punch that sucker in. Oh, a little trickery here, Teddy. The uh, Sooner special, as we call it. Nick Basquin back to Jalen Hurts for the touchdown. I like it. There, I mean, it looked like it may go bad there early on. They gave up some penetration. Looked like maybe uh, Oklahoma State was going to have a chance at a big negative yardage play, but kept his cool, delivered a nice football in the Basquin, end zone. Basquin, a really good baseball player back in the day. He said he had to throw that one off balance a little bit, a little sidearm Yeah, play. like turning two. I like it. And, you know, Jalen Hurts, whenever you're all alone, and that ball's just floating to you, and you've got all the time don't in the world it, to think about it. it. Yeah. yeah, it can be tough. Opening segment presented by Noble McIntyre. McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all your personal injury needs. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll start to look ahead at the Big 12 championship matchup with the Baylor Bears. This is the huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. We'll be right back. The Huddle is brought to you by Bud Light. This football season, keep it crisp with Bud Light. Kincaid Coach, the official moto coach carrier of OU Athletics. Homeland, proud sponsor of Sooner Football. AT&T, more for your thing, that's our thing. The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. New episodes drop every Tuesday and Friday. And all you have to do is log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast to listen to old shows and subscribe to always get the newest episodes. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate and Riverwind. Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. And Rudy's. Bringing you the best in barbecue. Familiar territory for Oklahoma. They are in the Big 12 championship game for the 11th time. 9-1, and one, an amazing all-time record in this event. I'm not going to say anything about the only loss we're just going to skip right past that one but nine and one what an amazing record oh yeah it's fantastic 
Nine Great. and one. Yeah, nine and one. Great job. Whoever that. Only way it could be better is if it was 10 and 0, but it's not. It's yeah. 9 and 1. Bunch of bums that lost that game to <laughs> Kansas State in 2003. Bunch of idiots. There you can see the last couple of years TCU and Texas in the revival of the Big 12 championship game. This year it's Baylor. And uh, head to head through the years, Oklahoma has certainly had the better of it against the Baylor Bears, although Baylor's had a resurgence. You know, kind of RG3 era started. Uh, them uh, ch chipping away a little bit, but 26 to three overall, and the Sooners have won the last five. All right, what'd you say? Sorry, I'm still thinking about that 2003 <laughs> loss to Kansas State, Toby. Uh, We've forgiven thank you, by the way. We've forgiven you. We've no, forgiven you. Move Baylor on. is uh, there. It's an interesting. It's an interesting place. You know what Bryles did there to kind of flip the switch and turn it into a place that. You know, is not just the bottom of the barrel in the Big 12 year after year. It looked like, well, that run is over after what happened there and the the, the mess that was left in the wake of, of the scandal down there. It looked like, well, uh, it was fun while it lasted, but yeah. back to the bottom you go, Baylor. And they make a great hire, uh, which was kind of shocking that that rule left Temple and came to Baylor considering the you know the the state of the program and they go one and eleven uh, you know really bad they they lost a ton of players to transfers and you know didn't didn't have time to put a recruiting class together and here they are a couple years later they're eleven and one and have an absolutely fantastic football team and he's just done a, he's done an exceptional job there and you know I, as long as he stays. He's done it the right way. So you don't right. feel like there's there's anything that there's going to be these, you know, big peaks and mm -hmm. valleys with the way that they play. You feel like they're set up to, to do things really good and, and be a good competitive squad. They haven't caught lightning in a bottle here. I mean, right. he, he knows what he's doing. Uh, you know, Texas is not a juggernaut right now. So Baylor's able to gobble up guys right. in recruiting. And yeah. I think they're going to be formidable for as long as Matt rules down there. You know, every now and then a team like a Baylor or, you know, a, a team that's down the ladder a little bit will have a special player, mm -hmm. uh, RG3, RG3, that comes in and, you know, just kind of takes a league by storm. They have a, a two-year run. Uh, look at Louisville with uh, with Bridgewater sure. or Lamar Jackson. Johnny and then, yeah, and they're gone, and then the program takes, you know, another dip. But there, there's not that guy on this Baylor team. It is a total group effort the way they play football. So it makes you think that they're really going to hang around. Let's talk about the challenge in front of the Sooners now on Saturday. We've seen these guys once already. That's what's unique about the Big 12 championship game. It doesn't happen in all the other conferences. Maybe they have played like Ohio State and Wisconsin, but a lot of times they haven't, like LSU and Georgia this year. So thoughts on uh, Baylor on the offensive side of the ball? Well, offensively, you know, in that, that game down in Waco, they had a pretty limited game plan. Um, and as we know, second half, they, you know, ran 16 plays, so didn't hardly get to get anything going, but uh, they relied on the running game. They relied on Brewer in the running game. And, you know, as the game wore down and they finally had to open things up, started throwing it around a little bit, but very, very conservative offensively. And I think at one point in that game, it was to their detriment second half. They couldn't get anything going. But um, I think the offensive line for Baylor is the weakness of the entire football team. And that's where we've got to take advantage. We've got to be good against the run. We've got to put Brewer behind the chains, put him in third and long. You want Brewer to have to beat you with his arm, okay? That's, that's not the strength of their offense. He's a capable quarterback, but, you know, he's not just going to absolutely light you up. Uh, they've got great skill position guys. They've got three excellent wideouts. They've got Mims, who's got size. They've got Platt, who's got speed. They've got two really good running backs in Hasty and Lovett. Uh, and their quarterback, as we know, Brewer can run it himself. And he's a tough, competitive guy. Uh, so offensively, very capable. But, you know, they're not just going to light it up and try and score a ton of points on you. You're going to try and lean on that running game, try and stay ahead of the chains, keep Brewer in some easy situations to where, you know, he's not having to make big plays on third and 12, third and 15 to try and convert third downs. So, um, I, again, going back to it, I think the big key with Baylor is stopping the running game on early downs, putting them behind the chains. On the other side of the ball, you have uh – praised very very highly this Baylor defense I think you said it's the best defense that Oklahoma's faced in the last several years right yeah I think this defense is phenomenal 
Um, in the Big 12? or In the Big 12, you can compare this defense to anyone, in my opinion, and they'll stand right up to it. Their two safeties, I, I think, are two of the best safeties I've ever seen play college football. This team is violent. They fly to the ball. Uh, they've got Lynch, uh, 93 on the defensive line, leading sacker in the Big 12. He's got 10 and a half sacks. They play team defense. Uh, they are aggressive, and like I said, once again, they are violent. They will hit you. They forced 28 turnovers this year. Um, incredibly active, stripping the ball, incredibly active, uh, jumping routes and, and getting turnovers, interceptions. So, yeah, and the amazing thing is they may be missing their best player altogether defensively. They're Mike Backer Johnson. They lost to an ACL injury earlier this year. So, um I, one of the best matchups and we talked about in the last game is that matchup at, at nose guard and center between Creed Humphrey and, and their big 335. Roy. It's a great matchup. Uh, Lynch at the D end is a great matchup for our tackles. He'll switch sides uh, from time to time. They're really aggressive in the running game. Just, I mean, it's a fun defense to watch. It really is. What did Oklahoma do in the second half that was so effective against them in Waco and can you copy and paste that to Saturday? Well, I don't know that you can copy and paste it. The way the game unfolded for them is really um, the key here is we ran the ball 58 times, or excuse me, snapped the ball 58 times in the second half. And when you play 58 snaps, that's a lot for a game much less 30 minutes of football, and their offense didn't help them out at all. We kept them on the field for extended drives, 12, 14 play drives, and then we backed that up with a three and out uh, defensively, and they're right back out on the field. So you could see the effectiveness of that defense just slowly fade as they were out on the field more and more. So I think that if we can have some of those drives where we possess the football, keep our defense fresh, just like we've pointed out, in the, uh, the, the last three games, how we played offensively, if we can do that, I think it's great. The big key, though, is turnovers. If, mm -hmm. if we allow that defense to turn it over like they've done a great job of this year, again, 28 turnovers, if they force turnovers against us, it's going to be a difficult football game. Benny Wiley's sitting in the next hour, mm -hmm. but you tell me you have a Butkus brain teaser for him oh, tonight? Oh, yeah. We, is that where we're going right no, now? No, we're going to take a break. Okay, yes. But in the next segment, you do have a Butkus brain teaser for Benny Wiley tonight. Let's see what his memory's like. I like what, it. What do you think? I, I, I have no idea. Okay. I, I like it, though. Let's take a timeout. We'll talk about the rest of the Big 12 and tonight's Butkus brain teaser next here on The Huddle. The Huddle is brought to you by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Get your officially licensed Sooners gear at Academy Sports and Outdoors, preferred sporting goods retailer of Oklahoma Athletics, Bud Light. This football season, keep it crisp with Bud Light. Sport Clips, it's good to be a guy. Riverwind, still the one. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Around the rest of the Big 12 this weekend, Texas and Texas Tech played on Friday after Thanksgiving. Tech jumped out to a 14-0 lead and looked like the Wolves may cave in on the Longhorns, but to their credit, played well the rest of the way. Texas would end up pulling away and winning 49-24. 
a seven-win season for the Longhorns. Yeah, seven-win season. They avoid going six and six. Um, a lot of changes, though, after the game. Yeah, a lot of changes. They, they're going to be looking for a new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. Um, you know, some comments after the game, some people were, were looking at, you know, a, a little bit strange, but say what you want it looked early it looked ugly early in that football game down 14-0 uh looked like the thing may just slip away from them but they bounced back fought back uh we'll see what happens with them but uh, it looks like tom herman's going to stick around have one more go at it next season we'll see i don't know man i i uh i feel like <laughs> I, I feel like they need to change some things up down in Texas. I'll just say that. Farmageddon on Saturday night in Manhattan, Iowa State, K-State, maybe the two toughest teams to figure out in this league this year. And Kansas State won this one 27-17. Yeah, it's strange. Two teams that obviously we saw Kansas State at their best. They looked fantastic against us. Um, didn't replicate that the rest of the way out. Iowa State has looked really good at times. Brock Purdy's going to be around. He's going to be a threat here in this conference. I see Matt, Matt Campbell has signed another extension, so he's going to be around, it seems like, for, for more years. So uh, both of these teams, I think, have great coaches and are set up to do nicely uh, in the next couple of years. I think Kleiman came in and, and did a pretty good job for them. To be able to get this win late in the year, I think, was very meaningful. That's a good Iowa State football team. And um, they're close. I think both of these teams are close. Whether or not they can get that, that talent level to get over the hump in this conference, we'll just have to wait and see. Big 12 report presented by Kincaid Charters, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. There you see everything else. Baylor put a whooping on Kansas. West Virginia went into Fort Worth and won 20-17. So your final Big 12 standings look like this. A couple of one-loss teams at the top. The Sooners and the Bears end up with an 8-1 and one conference mark. Everybody else lost at least four games in conference play. Cowboys, Wildcats, Iowa State, and Texas. I'll say this, you know, I, I think, you know, TCU kind of fell apart there late, uh, lost to West Virginia. Uh, Texas Tech struggled. You know, Bowman, a lot of eyes were going to be on him this year. And Jet Duffy, I thought, stepped in and did a pretty adequate job. But, I, you know, I feel like with some of the hires, Rule, uh, Campbell at Iowa State, climbing it at Kansas State. I, I feel like we've got maybe the best set of coaches that we've had top to bottom in this conference in Link, a long time. Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley. Well, that yeah. goes without saying, yeah, T. Bro. All right, very good. Um, all right, it is uh, time for our Buckus brain teaser now. Uh, Lincoln Riley will not be with us tonight. He will call into his show a little bit later on. He's on the road tonight. So Benny Wiley will be sitting in. And I can't wait for you folks to get to know. I can't wait to get to know Benny a little bit better tonight. OU strength and conditioning coach. And we asked Teddy, you know, uh, we're not going to have Lincoln tonight. Do you want to punt the Butkus brain teaser? And he said, no, you're up for the challenge tonight. So what do you got for Benny? Well, let's see if everyone on staff up there is an enigma whenever it comes to their memory and their recall. Because we obviously know how great... Lincoln Riley's uh, recall memory is whenever he can drum up a play from pretty much any time he's ever coached. What about Benny Wiley? Let's go back to 2003, okay? Benny Wiley's first year strength and conditioning coach at Texas Tech. Uh, let's go to that summer testing phase. I want the bench press, 40, 20-yard uh, shuttle, and three-cone shuttle for a young freshman, Lincoln Riley. How about that? You think he knows those numbers? You want to know Lincoln's testing numbers yeah. when he walked in as a freshman at Texas Tech. 2003, blazing the 40 down the track, ripping up the bench press, no, sure. knocking out 225 reps. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. You think I, Benny knows it? I think that the numbers were probably so big that it left an imprint <laughs> yeah. in Benny's mind, and he could, he's going to say, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right, all right. There's the Butkus brain teaser for Benny Wiley tonight. We'll take a break. We'll take a look at the rest of the country and the latest updated college football playoff rankings when we come back. want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. 
And if you're traveling outside the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the TuneIn app and listen free. OU's 2019 football games are available on Exodus 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. Log on to Soonersports.com kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OGMD, brought to you in part by Orthodontics Exclusively. Around the country, college football this weekend. This game was a play-in game to the ACC championship. Virginia and VaTech, Justin Fuente's team out in front, couldn't hang on. UVA wins at 39-30, so it'll be the uh, Cavaliers taking on Clemson for the ACC championship. No shot, right? Well, I mean, there's always a chance, but... Kansas State beat Oklahoma in the 2003 oh, Big 12 yeah, championship game, so anything could happen. Right? Yeah, how could I forget? You're right. No, Virginia, I, pretty solid football team, though. They've done a pretty good job turning that program around to a, uh, a pretty good squad the last couple of years. They've got their work cut out for them, though. They're going to be facing a Clemson team that's playing their best football of the year, but a uh, pretty good squad with Virginia. That's a nice win. Maybe they can put up a fight. Maybe they can yep. shock the world. We'll see. Meanwhile, up in the Big Ten, Wisconsin-Minnesota play in game for the Big Ten championship game. Gophers had the Badgers on their home field. Didn't matter. Wisconsin dominated this game, Teddy. They 38 did. 38-17. Yeah, and, and I thought the way it started off uh, early on that Minnesota, I was like, okay, here we go. They got a shot at this thing, getting to the Big Ten championship. But, no, Wisconsin too much, too talented. They had some big plays through the air, which really changed everything for Wisconsin. You know, I had thought that, okay, Wisconsin's going to play to Minnesota strength and not really spread them out and uh, play this thing kind of in the box. And I thought Minnesota have a chance, but Wisconsin too much looked really good. Ohio State and Michigan in the big house, the game. Michigan, I thought, had a legitimate chance coming into this game. The way they were playing, mm -hmm. but... Jiminy Christmas, Ohio State is just rolling teams right now. 56-27 Buckeyes. Yeah, not even close. They had a few chances to to stay in this thing and give themselves a fighting chance, but just couldn't capitalize. Too many mistakes. But Ohio State, you're exactly right. They are star-studded on both sides of the ball, playing really good. Scary moment there when the quarterback fields goes down with an injury but comes back and plays and, you know, has a couple of amazing throws right after that. So they're the total package. I agree. I thought Michigan had a chance to at least keep this thing close and have a chance at home. But, man, Ohio State going on the road, this is an impressive win for them. Meanwhile, down in Auburn, the Iron Bowl – and another classic as Alabama and Auburn got together. Uncharacteristic, very sloppy performance for Nick Saban's team. Had a double-digit penalties. They had two pick sixes in this game. They had some questionable clock management. They had a couple of calls that might have gone against them in clock management. But in the end, it comes down to a field goal try that hits the upright and bounces out. And Auburn ends the title hopes for the Crimson Tide, 48-45. Amazing. This game was just something to watch. Two pick sixes, um, special teams. We had a kick return for a touchdown. We had uh, the missed field goal that you referenced. Oh. Uh, a guy getting his helmet oh. blown up. And here it is. Uh, um, amazing that since Nick Saban has taken over at Alabama, they've had more missed field goals than any other FBS team. Is that right? Yes, that's wow. right. And how that's possible, I have no idea. Uh, I think those kickers are scared of the wrath of Saban every time they line up to kick one. But, man, uh, what a football game. All right, here we go. The updated numbers out earlier this hour. Oklahoma up to six. Utah stays at five. Or Utah's up to five, excuse me. Baylor at seven. So it'll be six and seven meeting in Arlington. Sooners do not jump Utah. Teddy, what jumps out at you here? Well, again, I like this matchup. Six versus seven in the Big 12 championship, I think, is fantastic. Utah's going to be playing Oregon, who's all the way back as a two-loss team at 13. So, again, this this is 
This is what I expected, and I think Oklahoma, if they can beat Baylor, that will be enough to jump them into the the playoff at number four. Um, If Baylor beats Oklahoma, that may be enough to jump them into the playoff at number four, even if Utah wins. But um, I don't know. I think it's it's interesting. I think that (laughs) amazingly, even though I despise LSU, with a passion. No. Go Bayou Bengals. We are big <laughs> LSU right. fans. The Tiger bait. Tiger this weekend bait. Because if Georgia, which I think has a chance in this football game, if Georgia wins that, I would. it would be hard-pressed. They're not going to keep LSU out. You're probably, unfortunately, going to have two SEC football teams in, and that's enough to make you want to puke. Of note here, Oklahoma State at 25 the only other Big 12 team in uh, Iowa State fell out this week, so that probably hurt the Sooners a little bit as well. But um, it will be interesting. So your rooting guide, which is uh, Gabe Eichert's territory here, but you need LSU to beat Georgia, and you would certainly hope Oregon beats Utah. That game, by the way, the Pac-12 championship game will be Friday night. They'll be playing that out in uh, San Francisco, Santa Clara, so we'll know by the time the Sooners kick off Saturday morning whether Utah has won or not. Yeah, which I don't know that I like that. You know, um, if if Oregon wins that football game and you're Oklahoma, you're sitting there and like, we're and, in, baby. And Baylor. Right, yeah. So, I, I, I mean, it's – I'd rather not know. I'd rather be able to go out there, play your best football, give it everything you have, and see what happens later. But – I mean, who knows? It's it's going to be a fun weekend, that's for sure. This is what you want. Yeah. You want a bunch of games that feel like they're playing games. It's essentially a, a first round of the playoffs. Here's your championship slate, that Pac-12 game on Friday night. I think that actually kicks at 7 o'clock. OU and Baylor, 11 a.m. on Saturday. Georgia and LSU will be in Atlanta. The one thing that could make this a little hanky is if Virginia does beat Clemson, as hard as that is to see, that would... It could be fascinating. Ohio State and Wisconsin and then uh, Memphis and Cincinnati. Sweeney's been trying to uh, – mm-hmm. he's setting himself up in case they were to lose. Yeah. He's been lobbying the last couple of weeks about that. All right, it's time for our Pick'em segment. And, uh, again, I wasn't here last week. I was in Kansas City with basketball, so I put my faith in the hands of uh, Chris Blank. I, I don't know how this went, so let's take a look at last week's results in the uh, Pick'em segment. Vatek and Virginia. Plank. All right, Chris Plank. Vatek and Virginia. Uh, Teddy and Tilly got that right. Uh, Memphis and Cincinnati. You went with Cincy. That was a failure. Ohio State and Michigan. Plank uh, was the only one that picked Ohio State to win that game? Well, yeah, you know, I'm, I was behind in the standings, and I had to try and make some hay you. there. So I, I went out on a limb on that one. Auburn beat Alabama. Wisconsin beat Minnesota. So a nice job. I'm within striking distance here. Tilly has a, a three-game lead. And, uh, Teddy, I think you have locked down last place, regardless yeah. of what happens. Feel strong week. about that. That's what I deserve after that 2003 Big 12 championship game. Uh, strategic move by <laughs> Tilly. Strategic move by Tilly this week. We're only picking four games. So he's making it harder for me to catch him by limiting uh, the Smart, number of games we pick. Savvy. So we'll, we'll start with the Pac-12 title game, Utah at Oregon Friday night. Who you got? I'm taking Utah. I think they're the better football team. Obviously, I'd love for Oregon to win this one, but I think Utah is stout. Their defense is fantastic. Number uh, two or three scoring defense in the country. Offensively, very capable, good athletic quarterback. Um, I think Utah wins it. I will take Utah as well, but I'm quack quacking all night. Go Another Ducks. team that we hate, right? Uh, <laughs> go Ducks. I'll take Utah as well. Tilly is going with Oregon. Ooh, the door creaks open. Georgia at LSU SEC championship game. Not at. They're playing in Atlanta. I think LSU is the better team. I think they're really good offensively. Georgia has a fantastic defense. I think number two scoring defense in the country. I just I feel like they lack the offensive firepower to be able to keep pace with LSU. I think the Tigers win it. I'm taking LSU too, but I think Georgia's got a really good shot in this game because Agreed. 
LSU is probably in regardless. And you remember what happened in the SEC championship game last year where they had it in their grasp mm -hmm. and Jalen Hurts ripped it away from them. That's right. So I'm really worried about this game, but I think LSU is definitely the better team. Tilly will take LSU as well. Of all of the games that we're picking in, in the conference championship games, Georgia to me is the biggest threat to win. Um, I just don't know if they can score the enough favorites. to keep up with them. Right. That's the question. Um, how about the ACC title game? Virginia and Clemson. I'm taking Clemson. Clemson is fantastic. Uh, number one scoring defense in the country. They are great. They are star-studded. Uh, number four scoring offense in the country. Uh, Trevor Lawrence did not look good to start the season. Just kind of slowly got going. But, man, Saturday he looked fantastic. Uh, so, Clemson is peaking at the right time. And, unfortunately, Virginia, they're going to get the wrath of it. I'll take Clemson as well. I think they roll. Obviously, I'll be rooting for Virginia. How about this? Tilly's taking Virginia? He's giving me a shot here, Teddy. He's, Ohio yeah. State and Wisconsin. Buckeyes, right? Yeah, I, I think Ohio State is clearly on a mission. Um, I, the, the star power, the athletes that they have, uh, maybe the best defensive player in the country in Young, uh, a couple of the best offensive players in the country at wide receiver, quarterback, and running back, uh, just the absolute total package. And they look like they're on a mission. I mean, they, they've had several opportunities where you feel like teams could maybe come in and give them a run for their money, and they've just absolutely dominated. I don't think, I don't think Wisconsin can get it done, but um, – I guess there's always a chance, as you'd like to point out, Toby, from the 2003 That's right. Oklahoma. A lot of people forget Kansas State didn't have much of a chance in that 03 exactly. Big 12 championship game, and they found a way. But I'll take Ohio State. Uh, I think Ohio State, too. The only chance for Wisconsin here is these two teams have played. Mm -hmm. Ohio State blasted them. If somehow they sleepwalk into this game, maybe Wisconsin catches them by surprise, but I don't, I don't see them winning. Tilly is taking Ohio State as well. All right, we need to take a timeout. When we come back over under, we wrap up the final edition of the huddle in 2019. Next, stay with us. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Medicine, Anheuser-Busch, and OU Extended Campus, and our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Devon Energy, Coca-Cola, and OU Medicine. History of the college football playoff. Look at the conference here and how many times they've had teams in Big 12. All three appearances in the college football playoff by the Sooners. Pac-12's only been in twice, and you see the years they haven't been in since 17 with uh, Washington. And it's probably going to come down to those two conferences. Good anyway for the final spot. Again. Alabama on the outside looking in That's for the first nice. time. Alabama number 12 in the college football playoff rankings yep. this week. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, Pac-12 still has a shot at it. I think, well, I don't think. I know Notre Dame's out there, a two-loss team. So, I don't know. It's pretty interesting. Could have a chance to have a couple of different teams in it this year than, than we've had recently. LSU can make it. Baylor can make it. Utah can make it. So, We'll see what happens. Let's take a look at our over-under results from last week in the Bedlam matchup. Of course, uh, Chris Plank, of course, uh, sat in on those as well. 17 and a half completions for Jalen Hurts. Under was the hit. You were right, Teddy. He went 13 for 16. Four and a half combined sacks and takeaways for the OU defense. You all went over not quite one sack, two takeaways. Total there was three. 124 and a half rushing yards for Chuba Hubbard. He was under. Plank, the only one to got that right. He was 104, I believe. 849 and a half combined total yards. Under was the hit on that one. A defensive game, more or less, in Bedlam this year. Look so at Tilly. Over? You kidding me? 850 yards of total Not a good offense. week for Tilly there in the over-under contest. Uh, you look at the standing steady, and it's, a, it's only a two-pick spread. So uh, you're within striking distance I've got a chance that with the last show, it's still okay. Tilly, way, 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 way back in last place. All right, here we go. Over, under for OU Baylor, Big 12 championship game, Teddy. Seven and a half catches for C.D. Lamb. Seven and a half catches for C.D. Lamb. He's only had like two or three a game last couple of yeah, games. Yeah, it's under. It's under. Um, 
easy decision for me. Now, uh, obviously, there's always a chance that C.D. Lamb can have a breakout game. Those can happen at any time. But the style and play which we've had recently, the fact that Baylor has done an outstanding job throughout this season, locking down a team's number one wide receiver, I'm going under for C.D. Lamb. They held him to zero catches in Waco. Um, it's a joke. Um, I'm taking the over, and I'm riding a hunch here, and here's why. Yes. I think the second half will factor of what happened in Waco will factor heavily into Baylor's game plan. I think they're going to scheme to try to take away the run game, which will leave C.D. Lamb a little more one-on-one. I think he's going to be a big part. He's been quiet for too long. He's been quiet for too long. He's due to explode on a big stage. This is a big stage. I think CD's having a huge game. Yeah, you may be right. And one of the things that, that could really help you out is, you know, if they're piling in in the running game, Lincoln can throw those quick little bubbles mm-hmm. and tunnel screens. and Curl it up. Yep, stack up those receptions pretty quickly for CD. Let's try the uh, other team. Seven and a half catches. Or I didn't see. Where did Tilly go? He went over, too. Seven and a half catches for Denzel Mims. Baylor's go-to receiver. No, it's going to be under. Um, I don't think Mims hits hits eight receptions. Uh, he may get five, six, maybe even seven, but that eight number is going to be elusive. They're going to spread it around quite a bit. I think it's going to be a heavy running uh, football game on both sides of the ball, both teams. Um, so I think, you know, with, with Brewer, I feel like they're going to be a one-read-and-tuck-it type of team. They may move him outside of the pocket. The threat of the run with him is going to be the most dangerous thing. If they're down late, that would be the best chance for Mims to stack up some receptions. That's pretty much what happened in game one. Really good player. Um, I think some people may forget that he got dinged up in the second half of that game in Waco. He stayed in, but he limped off several times, so I don't think he was at full speed. I'm going to take the under here. But uh, I don't feel great about it. I think there's a chance he could he could have a big game. Uh, Tilly is going with the over in this one. Nine and a half tackles for K-9. Kenneth Murray, is he getting the double-digit tackles on Saturday? I'll take him to get to 10 tackles. Uh, again, I think it's going to be a heavy running football game. I think uh, Brewer's going to be active in the quarterback run game. I think we're going to be aggressive, blitz, come after him. I think the offensive line is the weakness for them. So in passing situations, you may see us in that, that package, the bear package, where Kenneth Murray blitzes off the outside edge quite a bit. I think he'll get to 10 tackles. I do as well. It'll be fascinating to see what they do in the quarterback run game. It was such a big factor for them in the first half. Baylor, I'm talking about. Oh, you shut it off in the second half. Do they go back to it? Does Baylor, if they do, I think Kenneth Murray has a bunch of tackles. Finally, we got about 45 seconds here, Teddy. A half a combined completions for a wide receiver or a running back. In other words, either team. Will a wide receiver or a running back complete a pass in this game, like Nick Basquin did last week? Absolutely, and I'm saying no. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Lincoln Riley will definitely dial something up like this, and maybe it's going to be a pass. Maybe it's just a reverse or something. This seems like the type of place, but I've got to go under. I assumed that you would take the over on this, and I've got to make up some ground. I'm taking the under. I don't think it'll happen either. Sorry about that. Nice job all season, my friend. How about Teddy Lehman, everybody? Kickoff just after 11 on Saturday. Radio coverage begins at 9 a.m. Enjoy the game. Boomer Sooner, everybody.